With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton podcast. Welcome to episode 72 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast in association with FanHub, where the fans come first. And this week I'm delighted to say we've been joined by data analyst, recruitment consultant, and that is Tom Long. Tom, how are you, mate? All right, lads. Smashing makes even even more so after a, a fantastic week uh, for the Blues. Three wins from three. Last time we we, we all got together and spoke. Obviously, we we just uh, beaten Chelsea. Since then, we've gone on to beat Leicester two uh, nil, and obviously yesterday's performance against Arsenal saw us run out two one winners. So it's uh, looking like a, a decent Christmas in in a really difficult period for everyone at the moment for for Everton fans especially. Um, but I'll, I'll I'll come to you first, so if I can. What 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 a week it's been for Everton, and, and what a position we're now in in the league. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's a bit of a crazy week, hasn't it? Because we got we come off the back of getting beat by Leeds, and we thought it's going to be another hard season to look at. But the the, um, the league's been that tight this year that Carlos just all of a sudden stumbled across a bit of a working system, hasn't he? And it's pulled it right off the last week, and. Um, we're out in the mix now, aren't we? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we were all obviously after those first first four league games, all the high. You know, everyone was getting a little bit carried away, and we we, we came back down to earth with a bump with obviously poor performances, like the sort of Southampton, Newcastle, those kind of games. But it's been it's been great to see, like you say, probably stumbled across the the sort of formation and personnel to fit in that formation because of injuries and suspensions, etc. But it's it's great to see. Players who are who are coming in, Tom t- taking the chance as well. Yeah, I mean, well, when you if you cast your minds back, he started to try to make it like a three-five-two, didn't he? And it just did not suit the players whatsoever. Um, Michael Keane and all that had a very good start of the season, and then they've sort of tried to go into that back three, and it just sort of fell apart for them, didn't it? And then. With Lucas Luca Dean getting injured, he's had to work something out, and I think it just perfectly suits the team. I think Mike, I think Keane and Mina are the best partnership to have. I think they're brilliant in a low block, aren't they? I think they're very, they're quite happy to bring attacks on and just defend. And yeah, I think even even the yesterday, I thought Davies sort of marked his place instead of Andre Gomez and. I think Sigurdsson played well, to be honest with you. I know he causes a few issues, doesn't he, in the Everton sort of fan base. But, yeah, I think 
I think they've played really well. Hopefully, now they go up against uh, United through the week and put us into a semi-final. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, confidence is such a, a key part of, of football and, and the key way of momentum, which we discussed at, at length at the start of the season. But those, those two things, confidence and momentum, like going into obviously, you know, what's already been a difficult month on paper, which, you know, we, we're doing really well in. Those two things are going to be key going forward, aren't they? Into a quarter final coming up on Wednesday, and then obviously uh, even you know, a couple more difficult games at the uh, the end, the back end of the month. Yeah, confidence, as we said before, and here, you know, confidence is everything in, in high level sport, isn't it? Because obviously, it just makes you run that a little bit further. Everyone's everyone's pointing, you know, pulling in the same direction. But I mean, you know, if we'd have asked us all at the start of this week, those three games lined up. And obviously, like Tom just alluded to, the form we kind of dipped into nine points. I mean, I mean, none of us would have expected that if we're honest, are we? You know what I mean? And like like Tom just alluded to there, we've kind of almost been kind of forced into this position, really, in terms of you know the, the, what Carlos what Carlos done with the, with the players and the system. You know, he was experimenting with three at the back, wasn't he? And and, and trying to play the wing backs, it didn't really work. It made us far too open. Um, Obviously, we you know we can't really play the four three three, which he was playing early earlier in the season due to injuries, and he's almost kind of almost reverted back to it. And we kind of talked about this, didn't we, in that first pod? Saying will he will he ironically go back to maybe kind of a, a four at the back system? I think it was you mentioned it, Pete, initially, wasn't it? I think it was four four one one or something like that. Will he go back to this because he likes to shut out games playing that way because he knows it's quite easy for teams to defend that way. Um, and that's kind of what he's reverted to, and it's worked in our favour. You know, it's worked against these teams. What I do hope he will do, though, if I'm being really picky, is, is you know, Mourinho's been lauded recently for what he's doing with Spurs. Um, but then in the same breath, you know, he's playing that same way against Palace, and they got away with one against Palace the other day. And then they, obviously today they've they've come they've gone and played Leicester and played that way again and lost. So whilst I don't mind us playing the low block and sitting off and you know you know basically conceding possession. Um, against certain teams where it warrants us to be a bit more creative and have a go. I hope he can maybe change it and go, right, OK, we're going to go 4-3-3 here because Hammers is fit and we're going to have a go because I think we can, you know, man for man, we can take these on and beat them. So I hope he does do that as well, rather than just saying, well, we're just going to play this way every way now, regardless of who we play against. Because uh, that's what obviously Mourinho's guilty of, isn't he, at the moment? And that's why Tottenham, against the better sides, have looked great. But then against the sort of lesser sides, not so great. Um, so we'll see. You know, who are we to doubt doubt the master? Well, that's. I'm, I'm going to come on to Carlo in, in much more detail in the middle section. With obviously, it's it's uh, it's one year anniversary in charge of the club. Um, so we will discuss him at more length. But if we if we pick up yesterday and, and talking about obviously playing this this low block, Pete, and uh, you know, like, you know, we're going to play it week in week out against whatever side. We came up against an Arsenal side who were in. Really poor form. Arteta under huge pressure. Um, you know, they spent they spent crazy money over the last sort of eighteen months or so. Um and they set up, didn't they, Arsenal? Very much not so much similar, but they set up playing very, very deep, didn't they? And it was a case of yesterday against against Arsenal, us trying to sort of work out the puzzle and trying to break down that that uh, low sitting line. Yeah, it was weird, wasn't it? I think at the start of the game, it, it in a lot of ways, it was the most sort of un-Arsenal performance ever to just sit back and, and soak up pressure. And just, yeah, to see, you know, would we come out and play? They almost sort of look to counter us. But again, their players never really look comfortable in that system or that style of playing. And 
I think from the off, we, we looked like we could trouble them. Um, and what really pleased me, like Lee was saying, we sort of we took the ball, didn't we? We didn't start knocking it long. We didn't start looking to still get in behind. You know, the centre-backs had a lot of the ball. We went back. We didn't rush things. And we sort of rose to the challenge, really. Um, it was a funny game, though, because I think until we got the goal, you sort of had the feeling this would be an, an ideal game for someone like Hammers. You thought, would we end up missing him? Because there was loads of space between the lines, quite a lot of time on the ball, not a lot of pressure on the ball. You know, they were just sort of shadowing us, weren't they, into certain spaces or positions, but not really um, having an aggressive press. Uh, but we ended up getting the job done. I think I messaged you that, Pete, didn't I? I said, um, you know, because obviously it looked like Arsenal were trying to be compact, and that's what they seem to be doing under Arteta. You know, what was what was Mikel's biggest issue when he went to the club? He, he needed to stop them conceding goals. You know, it's be hard to play against. He's almost gone too far the other way now, where they are they are very, you know, not bad defensively, but they're just not scoring goals, are they? They're really lacking creativity. Um, and we know we were just talking off mic there. Obviously, you know, the players just don't look like they're playing for Mikel, unfortunately. There's rumblings about obviously a discon- you know, discontent amongst some of the senior pros in the club. And that's what it felt like. You know, you just have to look at William trying to close down a Wobie's cross. I know it got highlighted by Sunes, but that's what they were like, weren't they? They were almost like jogging around the pitch, really. Um, they were dropping to be compact. And I'll be honest, before Carvalho Lewin scored, I did think, you know, we had a lot of the ball, but we weren't really, like you said, Pete, getting in between the lines. It would have been perfect for someone like a Hamed, you know, with his magic, his, his, his ability to see a pass. Um, to break them down, but we got a bit fortunate with that goal, didn't we? Um, I mean, I know, Mike, you're going to probably touch on it now, but we, we did get quite fortunate with that first one, didn't we? We, we? we did, yeah, but before we even look at the goal, Tom, were you surprised how Arsenal set off? Obviously, they, where they are in the league table, it, you know, comfortably in the bottom half uh, before the game even started, but were you surprised that they, they almost appeared to set up and come, come to Goodison Park looking like they, they're just trying not to concede and maybe just playing for a draw? No, I didn't because that's the way Arteta's had them trying to set up like that for the last this season and when he first come in. I think he's sort of going for this passing from the back, isn't he? Playing out and listen when you when you see when you look at that Arsenal team and you see the two midfielders in Sabios and uh, El Nini, I, I I fancy that I fancy Everton big time because the way they're not like sort of pressing a pressing sort of style and they're a bit fancy, aren't they? They're a bit. Sabayas is more of like a creative player, but his defensive aspects of his games really not that good. So, and then you've you've probably got El Nini in there too, trying to do the donkey work for him. But no, I weren't really surprised. I weren't really surprised at all. I was more surprised that he um, he started Enketier up front for the, instead of Lacazette. Now that just screams to me: if you can't get a fifty million pound player on the pitch, then there is something going on in the background, isn't there? And mm. I don't really know whether the news has come out now about Aubameyang. I don't know whether he's injured or what, but that seems another thing that seemed a bit strange, didn't it? And they just they just don't look. They look like a team that has given up on the manager. I mean, you you hear the Arsenal fans and all that they moaning about the uh, Willian and how he's performing at start season. They were, they were playing brilliant. I mean, I remember watching them against Fulham. They were he was he was fantastic, and. Listen, top players just don't all of a sudden stop playing, do they, and become terrible players? There's a lot more issues at that club than what it what it seems to be. But yeah, I mean, when before the, before that game started, I, I fancied Everton. I thought we'd just have too much for them. I, I, the the work rate off the ball that we've got have all of a sudden just come off is is brilliant. I thought from the front, uh, Calvert Lewin 
I think he put an absolute shift in. Um, I thought Wolby was very good. Richarlison's obviously uh, carrying an injury, isn't he? I mean, he looked every time he got touched, he looked like he wanted to go home. But um, I thought, no, I thought we were very good. I thought, I thought Davies and, and and just to mention to Corey, I thought he's really stepped up to the mark since um, since Alan went off at Leicester. I think he's carried it on, and maybe he's the one to uh, sort of take up that mantle defensively. Mm. Yeah, there, there, there was certainly a lot, a lot of impressive performances for me. You know, and you know, certain players still get uh, moaned about. I mean, we're going to come on to Tom Davis shortly because because of the penalty incident. Uh, but let's let's you know without you know we don't want to turn into matter today last night when they, they covered solely Arsenal for about twenty five minutes post post highlights and I have to mention that Everton won the game and and uh, and that was that. But let's you know let's let's talk about the first goal because. It, it was it was quite a nice, nice bit of football, I thought. You know, involving Tom Davis, um, and obviously the ball going out to and and inform Alex Awobi, and I'm liking the way Awobi, even when he's playing on the right hand side, Lee, he's still coming inside, isn't he? He's he's kind of come a little bit sensible, trying to make things happen. It was a great ball. Um, Calvert Luna, lucky, obviously he will be given the goal. Hasn't been given the goal as as his touch was going to send it wide, but in off the defender, and it's and it's one nil. But I I think it was a, it was a decent goal and. Overall, a nice, nice bit of football, wasn't it? It was, mate. It was, and I, like I said, you know, I just felt, you know, they were because they were, you know, sitting off um, and, and being fairly compact. I was thinking, where's this going to come from? Yeah, you know, I looked at that midfield and went, where's our guy all there? You know what I mean? I know Siggy's, you know, he's been all right, you know, more recently, but you know, I just felt, where, where are we going to get our goal? And then it was, it was a decent move. Worked it across the pitch, uh, got squared up, didn't it? And played square over to it to Wobie. And to be fair, you can tell he's playing with confidence, Alex, at the minute, can't you? Because when he's getting it, his first thought is, right, I'm going to try and run at you. And then if that's not on, he does cut inside. And when he cuts inside, he's still, he's still, he's still got something to offer on his left as well. Um, so I thought, yeah, it was it was a lovely ball. Great run as well by Calvert-Lewin. Great run. He's, he's really mastering the timing of those runs now. And he was unlucky. He didn't get quite enough on it, did he? He glanced it more than got a bit, bit of a firmer, firmer contact, which would have taken it in the corner. Uh, but look, give him credit. He's made the run. Uh, it was a great cross. And you know we we deserved a little bit, little bit of luck, really. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm pleased, pleased for Dom. Uh, obviously, not so much that he didn't get it, but just the fact that he's getting in those positions again, isn't he? Mm. Another impressive performance for Calvert Lewin, wasn't it, Pete? And you know, we, we've talked uh, quite a bit about Calvert Lewin in recent weeks about how he's becoming this this complete centre forward. And again, yesterday, obviously, didn't get his goal, unfortunately, but. Is the sound of his runs, his hold up play, very, very good. We keep on saying it, but he looks better week in, week out, doesn't he? Yeah, number one, d- didn't get the goal, but made the goal. Doesn't happen without him. He's in the right place, right time, doing the right things. And no, you know, no disrespect to Tosin, but when he came on, you could see the large Calvert Lewin shaped hole um, <laughs> up front for us. You know, that there were a couple of balls that went forward that you just thought, gosh, if Calvert Lewin's on there, he holds it up or he gets the free kick. Um, so yeah, you, you can see he's becoming an almost indispensable part of the squad now. Um, not just a young prospect or you know someone that we're hoping will click into a player. He's he's really hit a run of form and he's keeping it going. And even when he's not directly on the score sheet, he's either getting an assist, winning a pen, or making a goal happen, which is what top top players do. Does that concern you though, Pete? Obviously, you mentioned Cheng Sosson there. Carlo was mentioned maybe about giving Dominic Cavalloon a rest. You know, does it concern you? One, basically, can we afford to guess Calvert-Lewin? 
at the moment. And two, if we do, can we expect uh, a Cheng Tosson who's been injured for, for many, many months to come back and, and nowhere near, near uh, Calvert-Lewin's level? Can we expect him to come in and, and, and do a job? Because it, it certainly concerns me, to be honest. But this is it. It's a lottery, isn't it? It's a lottery. I, I think the, the best thing we can hope for is that we put two or three goals past someone early and we can take him off and put Tosin on. That's the ideal scenario because the, the different players... For me, Tosin's a brilliant finisher. You get him inside the six-yard box and hit the ball at him, he's a great finisher. He's aggressive. I, re- I really like him, but he's not got the physique for the Premier League. He's not got the pace or the strength to do what Calvert-Lewin does for us. Um, so, I mean, you'd hope in January, you know, could we dip into the market and get a, a cheeky loan for someone that maybe can give us a bit of cover? Because it would really help us push on. You look at the position we're in now, like we all said, we're back in the mix now. We're right in there and it's so tight. It's so competitive this season. And it's going to come down to fine margins, isn't it? You know, who gets lucky with injuries? Who gets who gets the rubber the green? Um you know, let's make sure it's not another nearly season where we're thinking, you know, if, if Calvert-Loon didn't have that two or three game spell when he went out or if Richarlison didn't get that suspension, you know, what could have been? Um, so, I, yeah, I hope hope the chips fall on the right side for us. But it's a lottery. What are your thoughts, Tom, on that, on the, on the you know, potentially Calvert-Loon giving a bit of a rest and, and Shank Tosson coming in? We know we haven't got, you know, centre-forwards Throughout the uh, the squad and even you know people talk about Ellis Sims, but he's saying not ready for the Premier League. In my opinion, um, what are your thoughts on that? Does, does it concern you just to have Calvert oh, and behind him? Absolutely terrifies me. I mean, he's probably one of the worst strikers I've ever seen at Everton. If that's brutally honest, I mean, he's you can say he can score in six yard box, but he can't even get himself in there. He can't even run. You know what I mean? So. It's just it, it it was a it was sort of a, rev, a bit of a flag to me in the summer when uh, they sent my uh, Moise Keane out and kept and kept. I know he was injured and he was nearly going to uh, Palace for nearly twenty million. I mean, absolutely robber money there, really, wouldn't we? But he got his injury and things like that. But listen, um, Lewin Lewin's now just become the focal point of what Everton's about, really. It starts with him. I mean, his work rate, his runs off the ball, his holder plays, brilliant. I mean, I just doubt the other day, I'm, uh, up to this point, I think he could head, head the moon at this point. I mean, he gets <laughs> up that eye. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's he's brilliant. And I've always had some sort of issues with Lewin, maybe a bit too harsh about him because you see other um, you see other strikers in the league like Harry Kane and, you know, <clears throat> uh, Firmino at Liverpool who can create things and, you know, you you want you want him to start adding to that, or like start running at uh, the back line. And yes, um, like against Arsenal, I thought he'd done everything. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. And I'm missing to, if it's his goal, really. He causes it, doesn't he? So I'll give him it on that point. But the whole like Pete made a very very good point. I I, I said after the game, um, if Ancelotti doesn't put Tosin on for that last five minutes, none of that pressure comes. There was two instances where he could have held the ball up and Holden beat him. Holden just played a 90-minute game and he's beaten him to, to the first ball, you know what I mean? So if he was on the pitch, it'd have been a whole different ball game. He'd have took it into the corner, ran away, and that had been job done. So it causes unwanted pressure, really, um, that, that, that sort of striker. And listen, if he, if, what have we got now? Two games till January, maybe three. Is it three or four in the space of... Um, 
maybe yes, like 10, you, 10 you, days like, or something. Yeah, and then Man City, isn't he? I mean, he's a fit lad, isn't he? Could he, could he get through it? Maybe, but uh, you may, maybe try Richarlison up front. I'd, I'd rather go that route and maybe put Gordon, Gordon on the wing and just give him a crack there. I just, I just don't see what Tolson will bring positively. I see a lot more negatives than anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and you, you're both right in what you're saying. You know, whether it is addressed in January, we know Marcel Brands doesn't particularly use the January transfer window. Um, we know prices are overinflated. We've, we've also seen the accounts as well. So whether whether anything is actually doable is, is another matter. But, um, you know, if we're going to be successful this season and, and have a good season and, and qualify, I'm not just saying Champions League, qualify for, for Europe, maybe, you know, maybe win something. We, we've, we've got a, you know, have, have a bit of luck along the way, that's for sure. At the moment, we probably haven't. We, we've there's a few things not gone our way with you know whether it be key players getting injured, city red cards in the derby, thing, things like that. But let's let's see, obviously, what happens in the January transfer window there. But um, just Mike, I wanted to, to say, game. sorry, mate, I just wanted to mention that if I'm being a real perfectionist, I didn't think I know uh, you know Alan in midweek before he went off was outstanding, wasn't he? You know, what I mean, before he before he before he did his hamstring, he was re- he was really you know, he looked fit. He looked really fit. He was getting about the pitch. His distribution was spot on. Um, and I just felt our midfield lacked him in yesterday. Lacked him. I think against a better side, they would have given us a lot more problems in that second half. Um, definitely. I did no no disrespect to Carlo. You know, he set us up that way, and we saw the game out. But I just felt. I just felt, yeah, I didn't feel totally comfortable watching that second half. I think they were picking it. I'd be interested to get your thoughts on this, Tom, actually, because it was just the way they were picking up spaces in between the lines. I thought a few people ran off Davis quite a few times. Gilfie was having one of those games, you know, where he was just kind of like sort of drifting around, not really getting involved in the play, not really making runs. I just felt we were a little, we weren't, it wasn't defending like the Alamo, but we we weren't carrying a threat the other way in the second half. And I just think a better side would have caused us a lot more problems. Yeah, the the thing is with that is, is then when you look at the midfields, who who would you put there? Like you've got Davies, he's probably the one out of him or Gomez who would get it. I think Gomez is an absolute defensive liability. We seen that at Leicester. He was getting sent to shop, weren't he, on a few occasions and then he doesn't I mean, yeah. Listen, he got away with it, didn't he? The um, the penalty. I think. Well, and then you go on to Davis. Early, he's just caused the pencil. It, it, it's a hard thing to it's a hard thing to sort of work out. Really, I mean, he's saying give Lewin a give Lewin a rest. Then, when, when do you give Decore a rest? Because it looks like mm. he's going to be playing a lot of games, doesn't he? I mean, really. We're wearing very thin in midfield. Who who who's our runners? Like who's the like sort of cart sort of cart horse in the sense who carries that sort of defensive thing? It, it, it we we haven't got it until Alan gets back, and I don't think uh, I don't think it's as bad as what people thought it is. I think it's not too bad, is it? I don't think he needs anything sort of like operation or things like that. So I'm assuming he could be back in a few weeks, but he will miss the next few games so yeah it's a tough one I mean I'd play Holgate there mate I'd play Holgate there and then put, uh, put Coleman right back because Coleman's back now isn't he so I mean I'd, I'd, you're, going off, to... you're going off one game are we going off the Man United game no no, not, not, so, not, not so much that or even, or even Godfrey's done brilliant well, that, left that's, back we'll touch that's, on Godfrey yeah, yeah that's, that's yeah. too bad 
that's who I played it. Yeah, uh, I just think I just felt we lacked a little bit of legs in. There wasn't an, for me. There wasn't a natural aggressor in that midfield. He was closing the ball down like Allen does and getting in their faces. Yeah. I just felt they were just playing it through. It's too easy. Now they didn't create loads with it, but you know, I just felt we just needed someone with a bit more aggression in that midfield. And and yeah, maybe Godfrey might be a shout. Godfrey's been absolutely brilliant at left back. Fair dues to the lad. Um, but I mean, you know, that might be an option for us. You are right. We are. You know, a bit bit thin in the midfield area, aren't we? But what do you think? What do you what do you two think about Godfrey maybe playing there? Play well, I I I put out a, an eleven for the Arsenal game. Sorry to jump in there, Pete. Um, predicted eleven, and I I had Godfrey sitting in midfield. Then uh, the decor obviously slightly ahead, and I just see Holgate at left back because at the end of the day. We're going to start throwing Ben Godfrey there. There's no reason why we can't play Mason Holgate there if Coleman's fit and pulling back. Or, in what, right about, what about him? Think you then? I mean, I know he does. Obviously, he, he doesn't really trust him yet, but he is a left back, isn't he? And, and let's yeah, be fair, is. in the games he has played, he's looked all right. Do you know what I mean? So, well, just on just on in Kunku, he was both he was both in the summer, and he's seen him as a backup left back. So, listen, how much as you can praise Ancelotti, the thing that's going to be happening is. The fact that the youth, te- the youth lads aren't gonna get it, aren't gonna get a game. He's just not gonna trust them to come in and do a, do a job for him. He just, he's that type of manager, isn't he? I mean, he's got the thing of Europe, and he's he's got to get it, hasn't he? I mean, that's the goal. So he hasn't really got time to be given lads sort of development minutes and things like that. If you, if he trusts you and you, then you'll play. But I've, me personally, I play in Kunku. I think I think he's sort of. Shown, shown us that he can do it, that he can do a job. I mean, he played, played, he played pretty well against their West Ham. I mean, but you've got to give these lads a chance, haven't you? You've, you've got to sort of use what you've got at the club. I mean, you see, you, you look back and you've seen what like Pochettino done at Tottenham, and he was putting young lads in and they were coming in playing well. You've just got to give them the confidence to sort of go out and just put it into them and just give them a chance, but. Once you start mixing it a bit too much, in my opinion, I think that's where you're going to start getting found out. I mean, Godfrey's played well there, but I think he's got a far better he's, uh, better on either foot. I think uh, Holgate struggles with his left foot. He always seems to come back on his right. He's not very comfortable on it, so putting him left back, I wouldn't really necessarily like that. Um, trying to run through everyone else. I mean, you've Delph. Yeah, Del- 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 Thierry Small. You brought Thierry Small in for, for, for a kick-up uh, today, didn't he? If people... Listen, the whole thing about the under-23s, you got to go watch them. I mean, people people come out with these comments about he, he's playing, he's training for the first team and just go watch them. I, I've, I've watched plenty of uh, Everton's under-23s and... The comments about if Ellis Smith is, or if uh, Sims should get a chance, should he should know he, he should be nowhere near the team. I mean, if there was forty thousand people in Goodison and the way his work rate is, there'd be absolute chaos. I think uh, <laughs> if you think Davis gets, gets a bad thing, watch the way that lad runs and just he just literally doesn't. He's not he's not ready whatsoever. People just see the goals. People just see goals and go, yeah, give him a chance, give him a chance. It's it's I'm not, not saying about that. Smaller game. I just think I think Nkunku's the right shout. If you think about our fixture list, we've played three in a week. We've got, like you just said, then was it three or four of the next 10 days? Is it 12 days? Something like that? Yes, it's short and short. He won't want to change a winning team. Of course he won't, but he's going to have to. 
Otherwise, we're going to get more. We're going to get more muscle injuries. Like Alan just pulled up with the other day, and then that's the last thing we want. Because imagine if Decore does his hammy now. I mean, that midfield's going to be decimated, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I think Nkunku would be the one who will come in, and then you, listen, you probably are going to see Tolson at some point, aren't you? Unfortunately, I mean, Gordon. Left back. Uh, well, Tolson's not left back. Put him in goal. That's <laughs> time in goal. I mean, probably do better than Pickford's bag of nerves when he plays. But um, yeah, it's it's a hard one when you look at it. Do you, do you think that Ancelotti's come out and even said, hasn't he? He's got a big squad. But when you break it down and you look at it, he's got a big squad in certain areas. He's very thin in some in, in other aspects of the team. So he's just going to have to get through with it, isn't he? And find somewhere else. I mean, I'm pretty confident that he should do. He's He's getting the big money for it, isn't he? So mm. he should find something. That's true. I mean, you say obviously having about a big squad and uh, what have you. And then you look at the bench yesterday with two goalkeepers on. So it right. sort of tells you all that you need to know, doesn't it? Really about that and and who he trusts as well within within the players he's got available. But obviously we, we mentioned that obviously Tom Davis did come in and um, you know sort you know did, did okay in the game. Um, I thought pre pre penalty. Tom Davis looked looked quite good, you know, he knocking the ball down quite quite nicely, um, involved in obviously the first goal, and then obviously gives gives the penalty away. Now, there's a few things there that I'd like to sort of pull up, um, because it wasn't all about Tom Davis, you know. Tom Davis, you know, gets a bad rep at times, and and quite clearly he hasn't seen the the fella come in. He swung his foot to try and clear the ball. The fella's nipped in his course, and it's a penalty. So it was rash. There was no doubt about it. But before that, you know, Godfrey gives the ball away and trying to pass it to Richie Allison. Mina's header was poor, you know, a, a dive nether right to right to the Arsenal man. So th- there was there was a lot of mistakes there which led to the penalty. But at, at that particular time, Lee, Arsenal weren't in the game at all, were they? It was it was pretty much you know, cruise control, winning the game, no no sign of, of any kind of agency from Arsenal. And you know, that penalty, that free hit could have could have cost us the game, couldn't it? Really, it could have done, mate. Because I mean, I, I, I didn't see them scoring. They've really struggled to score goals. I think isn't it a mad stat like Calvert Lewin? If that header had been given to him, he'd have scored the same number of goals in the Premier League as they've scored as a team. I mean, that's absolutely mad, isn't it? I wonder what odds you'd have got on that at the start of the season. But I just think um, they just didn't look like they were going to they were going to cause us that many problems. And then I just felt that's the last thing we need now—a soft pen there that's just been given to him. You know what I mean? And obviously he dispatched it quite easily. Thought Pickford went really early, by the way, as well, which made it a lot easier for him. He sort of dived to his left about, you know, well, a millisecond before and made the guy's mind up for him, really. But other than that, it was a soft pen. Um, I love Tom, I really do, I really like him, but I just think at times he he, he, he can be a worry when he plays in that midfield. Kind of like I said, I just felt teams were running players were running off him. He plays the easy ball too much for me as well. There was there was one bit in the first half where I think we had a counter on, and Decore had made a great run, and he just needed a little diagonal in between two players, and he would have basically been able to probably slide Calvert Lewin in, and he just went square to the fullback, and we end up going back, and that just shows you right there if that's a Hammers or someone else who's you know forward thinking, they would have, they would have tried to make that pass regardless. Uh, I mean that's been really picky on him because overall I didn't think he had too bad a game, but I just felt like we do lose something, um, you know. We're a decore injury away, like I said, to having the midfield last season, aren't we? Um, and, and we all know how that how that was, how passive that midfield was last season. So 
the new signings have made a big difference to us in that in, in that part of the field. So, yeah. So look, we don't want to be bashing players. We won three games, haven't we? Yeah, and, that, and that's and that's that's what it comes down to. And Carlo's got it right. We've got three three uh, three three sets of three points, and we're going into a quarter final. Um, you know, against Man United, who are obviously playing playing some playing with confidence again now. So that won't be an easy game. Mm. I mean, I've we, we just seen obviously United are six two or four beating lead six two to to put them above ourselves in the table. Um, so we're we're going to finish this period and go into Christmas sitting fourth, which is which is fantastic so far. Um, but obviously, we, we can see the goal, Pete. Um, and you sort of, like I said, you sort of fear the worst. You know, could it cost us? But how many times have we seen this season set pieces absolutely key? And when you obviously you've got players like we've had uh, over the course of the season, Hammers. How many times have we said every time every time we got a corner we scored? Hammers putting the ball on people's heads all the time. Sigurdsson obviously on the corner put it in the post. Now whether whether the post was meant. We don't know whether that was the uh, that was a signal, but great header by by Yerimina, who, like Tom said earlier on in this in this low block, is is playing playing very well. Uh, you know what? I've I've watched the header a few times, and it's it's an absolute belter. It's a brilliant header, um, and not just because he's a beast, not just because he's massive. If you look at where he where he connects with it from, he's about four or five yards in front of the post. Mm-hmm. So the ball's come in, all his momentum's going forward. He's got a hell of a leap and he somehow managed to angle it, uh, you know, right in on goal. It's it's a hell of a header. It's a brilliant header. Um, and do you see that crazy stat as well? All his goals, 45 minutes. Crazy, isn't it? Absolutely yeah. crazy, you know. He scored two in 45, didn't he? He was out against Newcastle, was it? Watford, Watford, Watford. Watford. That was it, Watford, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a great habit to have, you know, and, and he's we know he's a massive threat. You know, we we we've seen Mina. We saw obviously in the World Cup for Colombia was probably the first time he he, he that that, uh, that springs to mind. But for us, he is a threat. Carl said after the game, you know, from set pieces we've got some big players there. You know, yeah, you mean Michael Keane who scored a few this season. Obviously Dominic Calvert Lewin as well. All, all great in the air, and I think it's something that we've probably worked on. You know, we. Calvert Lewin alluded to after the game. We said, you know, we, we looked at their their weak points and you know we we, we exploited them. Um and obviously we've done our homework. And we go into the break then two one up as opposed to one all on a high. And then st- the second half comes about Tom. And, and I thought it was it was interesting because it's the last three games now where we haven't conceded a shot on target in the second half. So it's almost as if the attitude that Carlo has instilled is sort of what we have we hold, so to speak, and come and sign break us down. Yeah, I think I think they are, listen, I think they've been brilliant. I mean, it 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 like I said before, it, it just suits the players that we've got. You you take Mina out of the the back line and you put Keane with a bit more responsibility with someone and he just doesn't seem to like it. I, I don't see uh, it. They look two different players when he plays. So when Mina comes on, and he, he sort of that, um, he sort of takes charge, doesn't he? He's always talking. He's organised. He's the organiser of the back line. And I feel like Keane prefers to just be the one who just is mopping up and let let someone else take that responsibility. And listen, this season he's been he's been a bit hot and cold, hasn't he? I mean, he's coming for some stick sometimes. I mean, against West Brom and things like that. Thought, but I thought he was being brilliant. I mean, the two of them aren't the greatest 
at a speed, have they? You know what I mean? So you've got to sort of give give themselves five, ten yards with having the play in front of them so you can see it. I think they're brilliant at it. And uh, yeah, I think Godfrey, Godfrey, and I mean, you've got to give more credit to Godfrey and Holgate, really, the way they've played. I mean, they're playing out of position and the way Godfrey is, I mean, what a sign he's been. I mean, Mr. Versatile, isn't he? he? I think he could play up front on the wing, right back, left back, in goal, if pick for goal. He could do anything, the man, couldn't he? Seeing a crack in yeah. a seeing a crack in sweet the other day, I said they must be like uh, getting tackled by a uh, fruit machine. <laughs> thought, that was, <laughs> thought, thought that was a crack in a tweet. That. Yeah, that's one to buy us. Yeah, I mean, imagine if there was uh, Paul Goodison there with that. Well, that's it. Yeah, I mean, it would have been literally. Everyone, you don't see that in the game anymore. Those tackles. As soon as he went in, I just winced and went, "Oh no!" Even if he's got the ball there nowadays, you can get booked, can't you? Do you know what I mean? Just for the force. Um, but yeah, I mean, he had it. I mean, that run he did down the left down the left wing. Um, I mean, the Arsenal lad did well to stay anywhere near him, to be fair to him. But I mean, I mean, he just he just missed Calvert-Lewin in the box. And he put a half-decent ball in as well. And um, I mean, how good is it to have pace in your side there, though? It's great, isn't it? I mean, we've been lacking pace for so long. I mean, eventually, look, you hope he's going to play centre-back. You can imagine going forward, the centre-back pairing, you know, in a few years' time might be Holgate and him. And both of them have got pace, and that just that just allows you to play a different ways as, as a team straight away. If you've got pacey centre backs, doesn't it? It's sort of a it's sort of then you've got to look at it on a sense of like Everton's recruitment policy in the summers and all that. Like, don't be afraid to give lads who have played in Championship or things like that to go get them. I mean, in the in the in the January now they're looking. I mean, rumours are going on about Max Adams. And people have got questions. I think he's a very good right back, and I wouldn't be too scared to go back into the a- AFL thing. I mean, Everton used to do it all the time. You know, you had Lescott, Jagielka, Kale. You know, all all our probably our best players over the years have always come from like the championship and that, haven't they? So it, it's a, again, it's a testament to him. But it, it, I think Everton needs to start looking more into that market, and it's not. It's all right to go buy a player from the championship instead of going to get some dead shiny thing from uh, Europe. Pete, you like Max Aaron's, don't you? I've yeah, no, I think he's a very, very good defender. He's, he's got a good ball on him. Development as well, wouldn't he? he? Won't be coming, you know, slotting straight in a right back. He'll be under Coleman for a while, and again, like Tom said, we've got other players that can go there. So um, hopefully, it'll be you, someone that we can bring along. You could even put Coleman left back. Do you know what I mean? Worst case, yeah, worst yeah. case you cover you know can't I mean? play like, there. I'd be, I, no, if you didn't want to play in Kunku there, then Coleman, I'd be more than happy and confident in Coleman doing a job there. Yeah, that's not a bad shout at all. I mean, it's it interesting to get your shout on the second half, Tom. I know you, you, you differ slightly in my opinion to it. Did you felt we sat off too much and didn't really carry him enough of a threat and we were lucky not to concede, certainly from that chance with Louise and then obviously the in the last five minutes, we were hanging on a little bit, weren't we? Yeah, I I thought it was just the tactics that Car- uh, Ancelotti was putting in place. I think he just wanted to break on them. I think he had uh, Lou, you had you had Lou and and uh, he should have Richardson not as much as a uh, defender, much. He was sort of staying a little bit further up, trying to pin pin their uh, three back. And um, I just thought he was just he was just holding on, holding on, and then trying to break and just getting it up to Lewin. Because they, they did do that on some very on occasions, and 
Lewin turned and played a brilliant ball into Richarlison, where he, sh- he should have really done better than what he did. But yeah, I, I just think it, if you cast your mind back to like Moyes, Moyes used to do it all the time. He used to get up 1 2 0 and then just sit back and let them come on to you and then try and break or do something. But I would, I would, maybe against like teams like City and even when he's done it against Chelsea and things like that, it's it sort of a little bit more worrying. But against teams like Arsenal, I weren't, I weren't too concerned. He did it against Fulham. Did it against Fulham. And then Fulham, you know, Fulham have shown since they played us, they're not a bad side going forward. And I thought we were, you know, we were quite lucky to win that 3 2 in the end. We got over the line in the end. I just think if you're inviting too much pressure on and not carrying a threat the other way, yeah, anything can happen here. As, as we've shown, you, know, you can give away a soft pen, or you can get a deflection, yeah, any, anything can happen. I just felt, I just felt for me, if I'm being super critical, we, we needed to probably push a little bit higher and just carry, you know, I, I just felt we had the beating of Arsenal. I felt if we'd have actually gone from a bit more, we probably could have scored maybe in a you know, third or a fourth possibly. But obviously, that's the Italian in mean, him. He, he, yeah. he likes to sort of see out results, doesn't he? And, and, you know, at the end of the day, he's won the games. So we can't knock him. But if we'd have conceded there in the last minute, I think there'd have been, you know, a little bit of fume about, you know, why why are we shutting down and not even carrying a threat at all? Yeah, she, she on that point, on the at the end, I I, path, I thought the tactics weren't tactics were the issue. I thought the uh, substitutions were. I mean, at sometimes he's done a substitution where... You think, oh, what's he bringing? Like, like Kenny on that left left wing back. Like, I mean, sorry, left mid. Like, it just yeah. didn't make sense, did it? And then when when uh, Tolson was coming, I I assumed that it was going to be a uh, Sigurds and that would come off or someone like that. And he brought Calvert Lewin on. Calvert Lewin looked a bit perplexed, didn't he? Really, he looked surprised. But yeah, I I, I do agree. I do agree with you to a certain points with different teams, but. He, he must. They must be working on that in the training grounds to just hold hold back. And listen, it might be just the players. They could be just dropping back naturally. They could be dropping back five, give ourselves five, ten yards, take soak up the pressure instead of trying to get to, uh, allowing balls in behind us because a defender prefers the ball to be in front of them than behind them, doesn't it? Yeah. So you just think it was like that. What do you think, Pete? Same. Do you think we just we could, we gave him a bit of too much respect and dropped off too much, or? Yeah, I think so. I think we looked quite leggy as well. Um, we were really, really deep, weren't we, toward the end of the game? And yeah, if you bring on two defenders to play on the wing, like Tom said, they're naturally going to drop back. They're not, you know, and maybe that was the tactic, though. That's what I thought when he put Coleman on that side. I thought, no, he's not going to a back five, is he? But then when he put Kenny on the other, you could see he was just trying to double up on the uh, on the wingers because everything. Was coming down the sides, wasn't it, Mike? You said, think, what do you think, mate? Yeah, I, I think it's. I think it's difficult sometimes because we we have seen the way we played early on in the season, and we, we weren't used to seeing that way. We but then, what people probably need to sort of take a look at and, and remember is that we had this this bad spell where we were conceding goals left, right, and centre, and we were all saying, "Listen, we need to show things up," and like we, we alluded to earlier on. We went to this three centre hours at the back to try and pull more bodies in the middle, uh, to try and stop and see them goals. Didn't work, you know. And and we've almost then stumbled across this way of being efficient. Um, and I think you know, in 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 the shorter term, if it works, it works. And we're, we're managing games as much as Arteta came out after the game and said, you know, well, you know, this is what happens. It's happened the last few weeks. Not for once, once it's trying. These sides are sitting deep and trying to say break us down after they sat sat deep for the whole first half and said exactly the same to ourselves. So 
it's one of those things. You do what you need to do to win. Um, we, we've had a, you know, th- this month is a difficult month. We said it. We've we've come out of the, the last three games against Chelsea, Leicester, and Arsenal sides who, you know, uh, historically pushing for Champions League, European places, especially Leicester in recent years as well. Um, so you do what you got to do to win. You know, it's one of those things. We, we're missing, you know, two or three of our, our real key players as well, which, which we've got to remember. So things things would be different, I'm sure, if Luka Dean and Hammers and, and Cotton O'Connor came on for it briefly yesterday. But if, if those three were fit, things could be different. But listen, it's working. I'm not going to complain about it. Let's, let, let's, let's remember, difficult week. We've got to take the whole week into account, the games we've had to play and who we've had to play. So as the week's gone on, like Pete said then, probably a little bit leggy later on. We, we went further and further back. Tom said that the substitutions wouldn't have helped either in terms of personnel. But we, we've come out of it with, with another three points. We're, we're going to be fourth, obviously going in, into, into the Boxing Day games, which is, which is fantastic, you know, partway through the season. And we've, we've got to be happy, you know. Um, and the fact that you're moaning on Arsenal fan TV about Big Dunk uh, doing the fourth official's job and wasting time. <laughs> That's brilliant. Uh, when, when we were making subs. You know, I, I love all that. That's, that's what we've got. Why has he got the billboards? He's a billboard on that. It's, listen, it's funny. It's, he's done it though a few. I think when we came back after lockdown, Big Duck was doing us subs all the time. Know, he, he seems to uh, quite like that job. But, Can't quite wait. The button's all done. Wasting time, all done. Can't yeah, he yeah. Got, he basically got Calvert-Lewin booked by, by doing that, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, it's one of that. Listen, you've got to have these little six. I mean, you've got to try and manage the game as best you can. We've won it. Another three points. We we started the season well, and onto a big game, big game on Wednesday. You know, yeah. uh, though, lads, we've we played <clears throat> Chelsea, Arsenal, Leicester, and haven't conceded a goal from open play. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Think, I think as well, though, you've got to take in consideration like Everton, Everton sit. Everton sit fifth in most expected goals against. So, Carlo will be looking at that and thinking, let's just show this up. Let's just cut everything out. We're not, we're not losing games and we're not conceding late and things like that. Like, we're high up on expected goals. We're doing that. That was an issue before he even came in, weren't it? That we weren't creating a lot of chances. But he's sort of trying to find that balance of creating a lot of chances and not conceding a lot of chances so I think at that point I think he's he's just trying to shore things up and listen if if he can't if, if I'll take that every week if we still win you know what I mean it's probably it's probably just the Evertonian in you Lee just think <laughs> everything's gonna go wrong <laughs> probably, years, mate. Mate. Probably, probably mate not all the scars no I, I just That's think like I said before I just want us to you know like when you know a prime example you know we played West Brom earlier in the season and, you know, we won 5-2, was it? 5-2, wasn't it? And I just felt, against those sort of teams, and no disrespect to West Brom, I want us to play like that. I want us to play, look, you have a shot, we have a shot type game, but we'll score five or six because we've got so much quality on the pitch. Now, I appreciate Hammers has been injured, so he can't play the 4-3-3. But if we do come up against a sort of so-called lesser team, you know, someone like maybe a Brighton as well, who likes to have the ball and have an attack, let's have a go then. And rather than just kind of go, you know what, we'll just drop off. Now, it suited us against these teams this week to play that way. And it'll suit us against United as well and against City. We'll still play that way. But it'll be interesting to see how he plays against Sheffield United. Do you know what I mean? Because for me, Sheffield United, if we, if we really have a go at them, we could score three or four past them because they're absolutely bereft of confidence at the minute. You know, and, and you know, I, I just think, you know, it took Spurs, Spurs uh, sorry, Leicester a last-minute goal to beat them the other day, didn't it? 
You know what I mean? And Leicester like to play sit off and counter. Whereas Sheffield United, I think if you have a real go at him, you probably could score three or four, like I said. Mm. Yeah, I think we'll see. I, I, I reckon you will see that though. I do. I, I honestly do. I think I think he's just stumbled or found a formula to beat these top six teams, which we need to be doing. Listen, you, you've no matter what, if you're playing just sitting if a fullbacks just in the banks of four, then I'm happy to do that if it comes out and we win. There's been too many times in over the years where we just get absolutely tonked by these teams and we never even put in a shift or anything. That that game, the weekend, shows you that the the attitude and what he's instilling in the team. So I took more confidence in it than more questions, but I do agree with you. But I do think he will change it against these other teams. I do. I'll cast your mind back to a game uh, which we all uh, we look back now and think, yeah, if we'd have been brave, we'd have won as Newcastle. I think against Newcastle, we had a few key players out in that game. Now he didn't play forward at back, granted, but he did play. He did play what I would call sort of like let's just try and not concede here. You know what I mean? It was nil nil. We didn't. They didn't look like they were scoring. We didn't look like we were scoring. And then obviously, you know, they got a fluky pen really. And yeah. and I just think, I just think. In that game, for me, I'd like, to, even though with the injuries, I'd have liked Carlo to have gone, this is Newcastle, you are garbage, we're going to have a go at you here. So if, I, 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 you know, Pete's mentioned it on a previous pod. You know, we, in that game, when we finally did have a go at him at 2-0, sorry, uh, we scored, didn't we? You know, we scored, Carvalhoon scored. So I just think, against those so-called inverted commas, lesser sides, like your Newcastles, your Brightons, you know, your Sheffield United, West Broms, I'd like us to be, you know, let's just, have a real go and put these teams away rather than just try and you know nick a game one nil. I think I think I think Ancelotti learned from that game though. I think it was when you cast your mind back, he had Gomez and uh, Sigurds and sort of playing attacker midfielders in behind Lewin. It was such a weird formation and system that you had two slow play, midfield players trying to break lines and trying to go in behind, but it was just never going to work. So. Maybe from that point where he, he has lost his lane from that and now he's come across this system, so it, it could work both ways, couldn't it? Yeah, if you were to ask him privately, I think he would definitely say he made a mistake in that game. Well, you, you look I at think, that now. I think uh, El Pavotti's got his number, so uh, <laughs> I'll get him to text him. <laughs> tell, him to, tell him to set up a little WhatsApp group, we'll ask him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the thing is, we obviously, we're going to discuss Carlo now because it's, it's now 12 months Pretty much the day since he's uh, since he's come in charge of the club, and you know we, we've seen obviously variety of formations, variety of personnel. His first major transfer window in that time, and out you know cast your minds back to twelve months ago, lads, when we were sitting in in uh, in the gay way at me on Alton Road having our podcast Christmas meal, doing a a, a recording of the show on location. Um, day after we we played Arsenal and Carl were dropped up a. Uh, at the airport in a in a private jet and and uh, had his first experience at Goodison Park and you know we, we we think back to to that day and the excitement that was evident throughout the the whole of the blue the blue side of the uh, of the city and all Evertonians and you know if if we think about how this how the twelve months has gone um and and Pete I'll 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 come to you you know how how would you how would you rate the first twelve months, as it as it met your expectations of what you thought Carlo would achieve in in the first twelve months. 
I mean, with, with a realistic head on, I'd, I'd say yeah, absolutely. Uh, if, any, if anything, you know, might have exceeded them. You look at the squad that he's got. I mean, we, we've said it so many times. I won't, you know, I won't rehearse the whole thing again. But he's inherited, hasn't he? You know, legacies of previous managers, players that aren't his, players that he wouldn't choose, and he's got to find a way of getting results. So for him to come in, yeah, the four four two, you know, practical win the fans over, get playing good football again, get us organised, get us in the system. Um, you know, I think he's been fantastic. And, to, you know, to see the 4-3-3, to get flashes of hopefully what's the way forward for Everton um, is really promising as well. But I, I think his adaptability for me is probably the key thing that's, you know, arguably one of his greatest assets. I know we talk about his man management as well, but we've had so many managers, haven't we, lately? Coleman, Silver. Martin is no plan B, no plan B. You know how we're going to set up. You know how we're going to play. And if it doesn't go our way or something goes against us, you know, pretty much that's it. You know, that's it. The fan wanting and the, the stubborn. And I think a lot, of ma- a lot of modern managers are very stubborn. They've got a certain way of playing and they will not move out of it. Um, and if they get found out, that's it. But Carlo really doesn't seem to be that way. Um you know, if if, if you try something, like, like the five at the back, if you try something, he doesn't persevere with it. He's adaptable, he changes. He's, you know, he's clearly got an unbelievable knowledge of the game. So I hope we continue to be patient with him um, and the only way is up. Mm-hmm. You, you, do you think the same, Tom? I mean, in, in regards to patience, I think it goes without saying. We, we had Carlo speak this weekend and he, he's quite keen on, on uh, getting a longer contract, isn't he? He, he sees it as a as a longer job than what he's, he's currently contracted for. But do you see it really the same way as Pete in terms of, it's been quite refreshing to have, well, one, have a world-class manager, first off. You know, it's it's a manager which Machiri has probably always promised to, or wanted to, to deliver, and he has done. Uh, but also a manager, who, because he's been there, done that one, everything, and seen so much, he will adapt to the situation. And also, he'll try different things if he needs to. And he's not afraid of, of making a mistake. Yeah, I mean, when he first came in, I, 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 was, I was happy with it, but I just didn't really get excited about it, just with the whole club base. Because you look at it and you think, who is going to change this? Like, who is going to get a tune out of these players? You know, before, and we were thinking we were going to get relegated. That was, in my head, I thought, we're done here, we're out of here. But I thought I thought Ferguson sort of made the sort of put the foundations in for it. I thought he really really set it all up. I mean, if that wouldn't have happened, then you don't really know how it would have went. But I think that did kickstart a little further than it should have done. But they see he's done very well with what he's got. I mean, he's had a very they've had a very good window him and um, Brands so far so good now. But I think this period now I think it's is a real sort of statement where where we're gonna go in this year. I mean if he goes and beats United and goes into a semi final, then it's 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 going somewhere, isn't it? And then you've got Chef United and City. Listen, there's only what seven points between second and tenth. You know, they could go get beat by hopefully not Chef United and City and they could be tenth and you're looking at it, don't you, again and you start football's like that. But I think one thing that he's that he's totally wiped out is the journalists and the media making out like he can only take on world-class players and just only go into teams and just sort of manage them and comfortable. No, he's shown he's, he's one of the best managers in the world and he can, he can make bad players look good. 
and he's proved it, isn't he, at Everton? Mm. Yeah, so totally, totally. You know, and I, I still, I, I, I'm still, I'm in the uh, position of sort of pinching myself in a sense that that he is with the club. Um, when you hear obviously Carlo Ancelotti, Everton manager, and you know what he has done, um, and then it, it it does make you dream in a sense of what what can he achieve because he's got. You know, there's a lot of work to be done. There is a lot of work to be done. Make no mistake about it. Uh, but in terms of what is there, what the foundations are, you know, the, the man who's back in the club in, in this year, he, as we said last week, we covered in, in a bit of detail in terms of how committed he is and, and has been to, to Everton. Uh, obviously, Bradley Moore, hopefully around the corner. It could be the start of something, something special. And, and I know, Lee, you're, you're a big fan of, of Carlo and you've followed him for, for, for years, obviously, over in Milan and things like that. But, you know, he, he's definitely, he's showing, isn't he, that he, he is the right man for the job. And he's certainly a manager that, that can take the club forward to where we want to get to. Massively, mate. Yeah. I mean, don't be saying you're pinching yourself, by the way. You're giving credence to Graeme Souness there. After his shocking <laughs> comments, after his, after his shocking comments after the game, I don't know whether you boys saw that. But um, you know, first of all, they've got they've got Sunes and Redknapp, who've got no allegiance to either Everton or Arsenal, by the way. And then, I don't know why they're even doing that game, I don't know. Um, but that's another story. But then Sunes to even come out afterwards after we've won to come out and say, yeah, I don't know uh, why Carlo's even taken that job in the first place, or words to that effect. You know, uh, no disrespect to Everton. I think even Redknapp said, didn't he? Um, Oh, you're gonna the Evertonians are gonna love you, and then he said something along the lines of, "Yeah, we'll always be in our shadow." Yeah, I mean, you know, pundits like that, you just get rid. I can't be bothered listening to stuff like I'm paying them bloody five hundred grand a month or five hundred quid a month for Sky. Five hundred grand. Jesus. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's Machiri's accounting book, said. Sorry, boys. See, you got like a shove a fellow who just turns over the channel for you. Then that's what I declared to the tax man, mate. That's what I declared to the tax man for a No, but no. Going back to it though, yeah. Going back to Carl. I mean. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been for me now. The club needs to make you know the club needs to come out and say things or you know put little do a little interview or whatever how they ever want to do it. And on the back of three wins, we're sitting in the top four and say things like, "Look, this is you know we need to give we need to give this manager time. We need to give him you know potentially look beyond this contract. Just start putting that sort of rhetoric out because we're yeah. fickle fans, Evertonians. It only takes like Tom said a couple of losses, you're suddenly in tenth, and everyone's going." Carlo Ancelotti, well, he's past it, he's finished. You know I mean, he, he's, he's too negative, he's sitting off with it, whatever, you know, and, and, and that's, that's all it takes is a couple of bad, bad results and then suddenly you're coming out with that spiel. So, for me, if we give this guy as much time as he wants to give us, I think he'll create a top team going into this new stadium. I really do. I think he's one of the best man managers in the world. I mean, everyone you speak to, I'm in the middle of reading his book at the minute, and every single player, top players, squad players, whatever, have all come out and said, this guy is an absolute phenomenal man-manager. He, he keeps players happy, even if they're playing five minutes you know, every three weeks. And that's one of his biggest assets. And like Pete said, you know, he's not afraid to try different tactics. You know, he backs himself. He's not afraid. No, he, he openly admits 4-4-2 is one of his favourites. Um, but he, you know, he's not afraid to try different things, see if it works. OK, I'll learn from that and, and, and move on. Um, but yeah, he's he's been an absolute breath of fresh air for us. And for me, we need to just give him as long as he wants at this club. He clearly invested in it. He obviously loves Formby. Goes on about that all the time. Um, but I just basically get him in that, get him get him a new contract. Give him as long as he wants to to, to build this football club back up there. 
I think I think the thing with with him with Carlo is the way he's bought in. You, you mentioned obviously form, but obviously he lives around it. It's just a Crosby form the area. The fact that he was knocking down Bootle Strand within a few weeks of getting the job, he's <laughs> over in the in the car park by our work. He literally got everyone on board straight away, didn't it? You know, when you've got someone like Carlo Ancelotti checking out what's happening um, in the cash converters in the in the stand, just just sort of you kind of buy into a man like that, can you? And, and that was that was that was fantastic. And he speaks so fondly of the area that he lives in. He loves obviously the fact he's got the, the beach on his doorstep. Um, like you say, he's bought into the club. He, he mentioned in an interview uh, before the Arsenal game about how he, you know, he, he loves being within a family, and that that's how he sees it. And that's obviously why he wants to, to hopefully be here for longer than his, than his contract says. But you know, it, it even in in this twelve month period where you know we've had good times, good runs of form, we've had obviously difficult times in terms of. When when uh, COVID hit and not, we, no football for a while, we came back. Everton flattered to deceive a little bit. The players had the the flip flops on, etc. That was difficult. And then obviously into this season, but the, there's certainly been highlights along along those twelve months. And I'll, I'll ask each one of you in turn if I can. What has been your your personal highlights? And Pete's going to put you on the spot first of all. Here, so think quick. What's what's been your personal highlights since he's since Carlos come in? Mm. I don't know. Well, I'd maybe group a few games in together. I mean, I don't think any one game in particular comes to mind, but I think the fact that we're turning over wins against the so-called top six, for want of a better word, and, you know, under Marco Silva, we started to put that record to the sword a little bit. Um, But I'm glad that it's, you know, it's not been a mentality that sort of stuck around. He's, He's managed to get us back thinking that, yeah, on our day, we can beat anyone. Um, and I think that's the the type of club Everton need to be again. So, I, th- I think I think mentality shift is a big thing, isn't it? A mentality shift, I think, long term, is is the thing which we probably hopefully notice more because we see moments and we see games where we think mentality shifted there. You can see you know, even the likes of the Chelsea game, Leicester away, you know, Tottenham first game where I thought Everton were absolutely exceptional and still to this day I think is our best best game so far this season in terms of how we control the game, manage the game. You know, we look we look so good. Um, but mentality is a huge, huge thing to be successful. Uh, what, what are your thoughts, Tom, in terms of what's been your favourite moments or game or, you know, highlights since Carlo's coming? Yeah. Besides, think... to, besides going the strand. <laughs> yeah, I No, I think, you'd, like you said, I think it was the Tottenham game that you were just... When, when I was watching, I was so surprised how well we were playing. It looked so comfortable and... You've never really seen an Everton team ever do that, but I think the I think the main thing is this this attitude shift and sort of fighting and working for the the badge that the uh, that they're playing for. I mean, we lost that a bit, I think, with the since Machiri come in and the, the the previous managers, and it's just the desire to go and when we we I think we went down to West Brom, didn't we? And we we fought back. It was it was a non defeatist attitude, and listen, sometimes it has. Reared its head sometimes through the year is um, stint so far, but it hasn't really. It's only done it in certain instances, but I think as time goes on and he gets his own plays, and I think he's, I think it'll be really for, forced to be reckoned with Everton. I think, I think we're going the right way. I think it's the perfect time to catch these, um, catch the teams that we're going for. You see, City they're in transition. Liverpool, hopefully that doesn't last for very long, but you can see their players going one way, can you? So. 
Chelsea look like they're in transit. So all these top six teams, he, he's, we've got the perfect manager to be in the mix. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't change him for anyone else in the league. Put it that way. Yeah, and 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 what are things to say after managers that we've seen come and go in recent years? And, you know, managers we all hope would work. Make no mistake about it. We don't, we don't sort of get other managers back from the off and, and not want the club to be successful, say successful. But obviously things haven't worked out for whatever reason that might be. But I think it's pretty evident really that, that all the fans are on board with Ancelotti. Even when we lose a game, as much as we see the famous Everton fans with a few, you know, we, I don't think it's quite at the same level as it, as it was under other managers. And within, you know, within a day or two, where everyone's back on board and, and realise who's in charge. But Lee, what, I'll, I'll ask you, what, what, what's, your, what's been your personal highlight of, of the, the Carlo reign so far? Uh, well, it's not been one particular game, as we were saying then. Uh, I think he has helped shift the mentality, which is great. And the longer he's there, he will do that because he's a winner. Um, one of the things that stood out for me, you know, when he first came to Goodison, that that, that sticks in my mind. And then obviously 40,000 of us, uh, when Zed Carr's got belted out and he's standing there next to his son in his Valentino fitted suit. And he's just there. He looks like Don, Don Colleone himself just coming in the ground, didn't he, with his son next to him. Um and he just, the way he just, and the, the camera captured it brilliantly, didn't Where he was just like, wow. And he's been in some atmospheres everywhere all over the world, isn't he? The teams he's managed, they were, you know, both home and away, the away grounds. And he, even he just looked at his son and he was like, wow, that, that's a noise. And, and that, that stood out. But one of the biggest things I've been really pleased about with him, um, despite, you know, like I said, the, the things he's helped us achieve is, is um, the way he's improved certain players. You know, he's really improved certain players. I know we touched on before, he's not the biggest fan of youth, things like that, but I think he, he obviously knows a player when he sees one and he's really he's really improved. Things that come to mind, obviously, Calvert-Lewin, probably the most player that's improved under him. You know, you know the Inzaghi comparison, he, he, he's thrown that in there. You know, he, he knows what he's doing there by throwing that in. You know, they're very, very different players, Inzaghi and Calvert-Lewin. But obviously, you know, you can see what he's doing. He's thrown his name in there. He's probably, as I said, giving him some clips to have a look at. And he's a completely transformed player now. The goals he's scoring now are poachers' goals. You know, and if you throw in the mix the fact that he's an athlete, he can jump, like Tom said, you know, like a basketball player. Um, you know, he's got more attributes than Inzaghi ever had. So if he can certainly, you know, um, kick on again, we've got a hell of a striker there. Uh, look, I look at the players like Holgate. You know what I mean? I think he's really improved and, and, and uh, under Carlo as well. I know he was on the periphery of the team. He'd been out on loan. Everyone was like, well, you know, is he going to stay? Is he going to go? And then Carlo obviously likes him. Uh, he obviously sees a player in him and he's really improved. Um, Michael Keane's probably playing his best football for Everton at the minute. I know we are. You know, he does look better in a low block. We've mentioned that before. But, you know, Keane's playing outstanding, isn't he, at the moment? Um, and, he, you know, there's a lot of people on his back uh, when, we, when we were struggling, uh, you know, 18 months ago. So, so for me, it's the way he's improved certain players. Um, and you can fundamentally see the guy's a great guy and he, he's just a really great guy. You, I've yet to find one player in and out of football, you know, who, who's got a bad word to say about him. And that, that that just tells you the type of fellow that he is. But there's a quote I wanted to read out, actually. He said, um, he's, he's actually said this recently. He said, I'd like to finish my contract here and with trophies and with something special. The project this club has excites me. To bring Everton back to the top is a big, big motivation for me. I would love to do this. That's brilliant, that, isn't it? That's what we want to hear as fans. Yeah, just going off what Lee's just said there, I think I think what he's mo- just off the pitch, most importantly, what he's brought back to is the passion for fans, hasn't he? He's, but he, mm. you just, you see it. Everyone's so enthusiastic and you can see where 
the club is going before that, you know, we had Sam Allardyce, Marcos, everyone was on the floor, weren't it? We, there was, we, we didn't care anymore, it was going to that stage. But I thought he's just brought this back enthusiasm and passion to the club and to the fans. Everyone enjoys going that well, not at the moment, but when we do get back, it's even better, isn't it? It's brilliant, it's a brilliant atmosphere when, when he's been the manager. And I mean, how many uh, former managers have had their own song? And so quickly as well, you know. Uh, it, and, and it's great. It's great to see. You know, the buy the, the buy-in's buy been fantastic, hasn't it? From from all the fans and and continues to do so. But um, I mean, from from a personal point of view, um, I'll throw in before before we we look ahead to a really important week and few days, obviously in the in this season. I absolutely loved. In terms of moments, it's got to be Walcott against Watford. When we we scored that last minute winner, oh, yeah. uh, especially after, especially after that footage from the Watford fans when Richardson taking the ball, that, that was exceptional. And Carlos said after the game, he couldn't run the the length of the touchline in case he uh, he keeled over. Um, fantastic. But what 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 you said, Lee, in terms of the improvements in certain players and and players who fans weren't given the chance as such. Fa- fans weren't on board with the the, the standouts as Dominic Calvert Lewin by an absolute country mile. You know, in terms of what he is now, you know, leading Premier League goal scorer, scored for England, you know, got played a, a few games after making his, his debut against against Wales. Um, someone who's now become the focal point of our of our attack, you know, and, and a re- really reliable, reliable player as well, which is more important than anything. And you know, I think if you think back to the summer as well, in terms of when we signed Hammers, you know, and, and people are, are clocking the uh, the, the Titanic Hotel and the, there's Hammers, the Corey, Allen knocking around. We we, we put we put a advertising out in it was a was it Bogota, Miami, you know, doesn't happen unless Carlo Ancelotti's there. Doesn't matter if Mashiri's there with with his money, etc. If Carlo Ancelotti's not our manager, that does not happen. And we've been we've been crying out for the commercial side of things to to make massive improvements and strides, you know, and and breaking global markets. Uh, putting Everton on the map in all these countries and signing a player like James Rodriguez is going to do things like that and having a mind like Carlo Ancelotti will do things like that. And that's a step that we've made in 12 months, which is which is exciting to see. So I, I, I can't wait to see what the the future holds for, for the club and obviously where, where Carlo can take us. And one of the places we hope that he can take us leads nicely into Wednesday. Massive game. At Goodison Park, a couple of thousand fans in again. Carabao Cup quarter final. Man United in four. You know, they've just smashed Leeds um, 6 2. You know, they've got goals on the side. They've beaten Goodison already this season. We're, we were playing obviously slightly different at that particular time. But that's a huge game piece, isn't it? In terms of keeping one, the momentum going and giving us a chance to, to win that treasured trophy. Yeah, it's massive, isn't it? It's massive for so many reasons. You know, we we need to target the cups. It's probably going to be our our best chance of success this season. Maybe you know, who knows what could happen in terms of the top four place? But it's certainly far, far, far too early to get excited about that. Um, and it's the one we've not won as well. So I, I think every Evertonian's probably got one eye on the League Cup to sort of complete the set, get them all in the uh, in the trophy cabinet. But it, it'd be lovely to get one back. On Man United, and I think we're in a far better position now than we were when we played them in the league. And for me, you don't change that back four. 
I, I mean, I, I know he's, he might need to rotate the squad, but I just don't think you change a back four that's playing that well. Even with Coleman back, I keep Holgate, keep Godfrey. Um, you know, we, we conceded a penalty against, you know, I mean, fair enough, Arsenal aside, but teams that are renowned for putting goals past sides. Um, so, I'd, yeah, I'd keep the back four the same. Possibly throw Olsen in. Yeah, I mean, just talk. I mean, Olsen obviously came in against Leicester and was was very, very steady. And and I'm sure, I'm sure, Tom, you he, he gives you that little bit more confidence when the ball's coming into the box um, from a corner, cross, whatever it might be. You've got a big six foot five goalkeeper in between the sticks, and he's he's good to obviously claim claim the ball. So also might might do you know, Carl's being quite keen to integrate him into the start eleven. We've seen him a couple of times so far. Uh, but do you think Tom it's going to be the same kind of setup you mentioned before, but finding a way to to play these top six sides now? Do you think it's going to be the same kind of setup as we've seen in the last last few games? Um, seems though it's the Carabao Cup. I think he's going to. I think he'll he'll do a few changes. I think now he must be looking at it and thinking we've got a chance of getting Champions League if they carry on the way they are in the league. I mean I know it's for a semi final, but. Like we said, you're going to have to rest somewhere, aren't you? And inevitably, managers do seem to rest players in in cup competitions, in FA Cup and and the uh, Carabao Cup. So I, I feel like you will see a few changes, but it could be a bit of a counter-attack and chess match, couldn't it? With the way uh, Solskjaer sets up and the way we've recently set up. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a very interesting one. I like, I'd like to see how, the, how Man United approach it, but... We're at home. Hopefully, he does. He doesn't do too many, too many changes because I feel like you've got Sheffield United. After that. I feel like you could do a little bit more there to sort of give players a break. But let's just hope we go through a one 0 will do me last minute. Shane Tolson, Shane last minute winner. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's hope so. Listen, we go with a new score. We we'll have a have a Shane Cheng, Tolson last minute winner for sure, but. Lee, what, what what do you think? You know, we we've said difficult game. United have been so good away, haven't they? We, we've seen the the games they've won, um, coming from behind all the time to win games, which which is is incredible. And Solskjaer, all but regardless, you know, of that, he seems to be under pressure all the time. You know, because it goes back to the the Alex Ferguson days, I'm sure, and what's what's come since then. Um, but there's no reason why we can't go. We can't, you know, we're full of confidence. Go into the game. And win that game at all, is it? You know, they're not, not an unbeatable side by any stretch of the imagination. They're not at all. United have been very up and down this season. You know, they've played well in some games and and, and, and been really, really poor in others. Um, you know, Leeds are the perfect team for them, by the way. You know, I mean, Leeds just love to attack your kamikaze football and United just love to pick them off. And they did. You know, they have got threats. Yeah, I've got players like Rashford, who's been brilliant. Uh, Martial's always a threat, always seems to score against us. And they've got the real guile, Bruno Fernandes. I think he's an absolute brilliant footballer, Bruno. Uh, I think he's been a, a brilliant signing for United. Um, I'm hoping, I'm praying that he played 90 today, Bruno. Um, Tom and he went off with like a groin injury as well. Um, oh, certainly a groin strain. Um, and, you know, the fact that Bruno's played 90, Pogba didn't play at all uh, today. Um, I wouldn't mind Pogba going in there. I remember that game he played... Uh, was it when we won uh, quite convincingly against him? Was it three or four nil? And, and you know we just ran rings round him that day. Um, 
and then Pogba was just walking around the pitch like Willian did the other day. So um, it'd be interesting to see. I do think he will make changes, uh, like Tom said. I do think also Solskjaer will as well. Um, so it will be interesting to see how, how both teams set up. Um, but yeah, the fact that like I said that Bruno's pretty much played a full game today and he did the other day as well means that hopefully he won't be playing because I think he makes them tick completely. Not only is he a goal threat and he obviously scored two against us, um, he's just it's just the way he sees the pitch, his way to pass. He's there, De Bruyne, isn't he? Basically, um, I'd, I'd, I'd say he's not even that far behind De Bruyne in terms of talent either. Um, so we'll see, we'll see. But we can certainly go into it full of confidence on the back of three wins, and that's and that's that's the main thing. Uh, there's still some good teams left in the competition as well, isn't there? So obviously, City is still in it, Spurs are still in it. Um, I know Newcastle is it Newcastle Brentford the other quarterfinal yeah, as well. Yeah, Castle Brentford. Um, so you know you'd want to draw one of those in a semi if you could, wouldn't you? Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But um, you know, we've got to go into it and um, you know, give it give it everything we can to try and get through through to the semi final, and, and then we've got a great chance then of, of, of maybe picking up a trophy for Carlo. Mm. Yeah, Bruno played seventy one minutes against Leeds and was and was then taken off. Um, oh, was he? Still? I'm sorry, I thought he played. Well, whether that's indication of the fact that he's got a, obviously in mind for Wednesday, I don't know. I mean, obviously at that particular point, they were out of sight. United, um, we we make it that that bit more difficult um, ourselves. Obviously, you know, James, there's rumours that that he could be fit. Whether whether Carlo takes a chance with him, possibly not. Maybe it's it's a game that's come a little bit too soon. Coleman, obviously, it was was back in the squad against uh, against Arsenal, so we chanted he might start. But like like he said, Pete, why why change the defence if it's working well? Why, why change the defence? Uh, but we, we'll see what Carlo does. You know, it's like 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 you said, Tom. You know, Champions League football. If you look at the league table, it's it's so tight at the moment. But it's open, isn't it? it it's open. There's a chance whether Carlo puts a lot of weight on that. You know, Europe is is the goal for this season. Uh, that that's that's pretty obvious, and I'm sure that's what he's told the board as well, and and Mr. Machine that that's what he wants to achieve. So. It depends, obviously, on what he prioritises, but we'd love nothing more than, than a trophy, whatever whatever shape or form that, that comes in. Um, but let, let's, have, let's have some predictions then, if we can. Uh, Pete, what, what are we saying? Are we, are we going through? Yeah, I'm going to go for the, the one nil shutout. Calvert-Lewin. Calvert-Lewin again. Tom, we know we know Chen Tosson's uh, going to score, but <laughs> anyone else? Yeah. Uh... No, well, I, I reckon it's going to be a mad one. I think it's going to be like 2-2 two, two and it'll go to pens. And then to- Tosin's going to put the uh, final one in. I'm not going to run off. And walk, walk all the way to the Gladys cheering. <laughs> <laughs> Lee? Um, yeah, it all depends on what teams, team both teams put out. But um, at home... With some fans there, hopefully, if the government don't start making these mad changes that they are doing at the minute, um, hopefully with some fans there, we'll uh, we'll have a result. United, ironically, even though they went at home today, have been better away from home than they have been at home. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I'm hoping we edge it two one. I think we'll, we might nick it two one. To be to be, a, I don't know whether Carlo uh, to be a little bit facetious on Carlo here. It wouldn't surprise me, by the way, that he's probably given Hammers a bit of a rest try and get the best out knowing that the fixtures were going to be really really chocker in December it wouldn't surprise me now that he, he you know because we're going to play this way and try and be solid Hammers doesn't really fit that mould does he so because he is a bit of a defensive liability you know he's, he's, he sort of carry him in some games so I'd, I'd like to see, see I'd, like, 
I'd like to see him in that Sigurdsson uh, role where he sort of pushed Sigurdsson yes. onto Calvary. I'd love to see that. I think you'd yeah. see a lot more creativity around them there. So I'd, I'd hope to see that. But yeah, you're right. The defensive side of him is a little bit questionable. But we'll see. I think, um, I think he you don't want to be playing wide in a four, Tom, do you? Yeah. No, not a, ch- not, a, not a chance. Not a chance. I, I, even in a 43, he's... It's 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 hard to play right back with him in front of you, isn't it? You got a full day of work there, as you. But you got to take in consideration. United got a massive game on the weekend against Leicester away, so you're going to see the likes of Dan James, Donny Van der Beek, all these. I think you're going to see more uh, changes in their side than ours, and hopefully we can um, put them away. Mm. I I think I think we will. I think. I, I can see a, a little one nil myself. It's gonna be it's gonna be tight. I think we will keep it tight and we will play how we played the last few games with that defense as well. Um and it's it's gonna be a, a you know gonna be a difficult game, of course. Like you say, Tom, United will probably make make a few changes as well. Um but I think we'll nick it. I really do. And you know what 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 a what a great a great achievement that will be uh, for us to to get through in that competition and you know, make make the best of what's going to be a difficult Christmas. I think for for everyone, uh, obviously, take football outside. You know, it's a, it's a difficult time for everyone, so it gives people a bit bit of a lift as well. So that'll be that'll be fantastic if we can do that. Um, and then you know, briefly, it's difficult. So we don't know obviously what's going to happen Wednesday in terms of who's going to come through, and you know, be fit for the game. If we've got a game Boxing Day in the league, we mentioned it already a couple of times. Sheffield United uh, played Brighton today. We're on the verge of getting the first win of the season. Didn't come. I was crying out for them to get a win because, as I said already to, to you off air, we know what's coming Boxing Day. First win of the season for Sheffield United. You know, a little Christmas present for them. Um, but it's as much as on paper, Pete, we think, you know, you know, we should be winning the game, which we should. You know, we're, we're in good form, confident. Um, went there last season after lockdown, put in probably one of our better performances post, post-lockdown and, and won that game. You know, it's not going to be an easy game. Sheffield United have been notoriously difficult to beat, not so much this season, of course, but it's not going to be as easy, I don't think, as, as most most fans uh, might think. No, I think, I think you raise a good point. I think they've been uh, incredibly unfortunate in a handful of games. The, the Leicester game's a great case in point, isn't it? You know, shut them out, looked like they were going to take points out of the game, and then it, you know, sort of cruelly snatched away in 90-plus whatever minutes. Um, and there's, there's been a few games like that where it's just not quite gone for them. There've been a lot of games of fine margins, so I fully expect them to be really organised, try and shut us out. It could be the perfect game for Hammers to come back in, to mm-hmm. be honest, um, give them something a bit different to think about, give us another option. Um, like Tom said, whether we can come in and we play the same sort of system and he takes the sort of Sigurdsson role or like a central free role, um, that, that'll be really interesting. But even if he's on the right... It gives them an extra problem uh, and gives us a lot more options when we're attacking with the ball. But I'm really, I, well, I shouldn't say, but I'm really confident. I, th- I think we'll do them. Um, I really do. I just think we seem to have a, a little bit of extra mental edge this season. When we go behind in games, we don't seem to be finding it's ha- as hard to turn it back around or stay in the match. Um, I mean, whether that's partly because of the way things are with the fans uh, I know you've got a few fans now allowed back in stadiums. It's, it's hard to know what, what's led to that shift, but it's working in our favour, I think. Um, so, yeah. What's, 
what do you think, Tom, in terms of Hammers? Do you think he, he's, it's going to be better for him to come into that kind of game against Shepherds United or to come in, you know, in a really probably high intensity uh, quarter final against, against Man United? No, I'd, I'd much prefer to, to see him line up on the weekend. I mean, we've just won three on the bounce. I wouldn't, and Ancelotti's said, hasn't he? He's, he doesn't want to just throw him in as of yet. It, there's no real need for him to do it. But I think with, we're going to Sheffield United in terms of I think he'd be perfect to try and unlock them. I think they the good work rate and all that, but there's nothing really to fear in, in for me. I mean, when you cast your mind back to when we played played them last time, I know we only I think it was only one nil that the Charleston scored, but I think we could do one, two or three nil. I think um Calvert Lewin at the post and everything on that, I think we'd really play well. And that's a team where he hasn't got us you haven't got your decor, he's Hammers playing. You haven't got a, a Wobi or anyone there, so I think yeah, I I think I think the target's gonna be the weekends. I mean, you look at the table now. This time last year when Carlo and Chelsea did come in, we, you know we were sitting just in the top bottom four, weren't we? Now we're top four, so I think the chance of progressing on that sense, especially with Tottenham losing today and others around us not playing well, I think that's just gonna be the focus. The weekend's gonna be the focus, and, it, and I'll. Even if we do, for example, even if we do get beaten, I wouldn't. That wouldn't concern me for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting, as I say. You know, it, it's like we said earlier. What what does Carlo put more weight on? Is it you know progression in, in the in the cup, or, or is it a chance to actually break that top four? You know, for the first time since obviously Moise did it. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. You know, lately, what do you think about that? You know, the, the game coming up at the weekend against Sheffield United, we know we've got City a couple of days after that, so a difficult game again. Um, do, do you envisage Carlo, you know, maybe bringing Hammers back for that game, like Tom's just said? Do you think we're going to be a little bit more open and expansive against Sheffield United than we're going to see against against Man United? I think I think the, the fact that we're playing a quarter-final smack in the middle of this fixture list, just tell, his hand's going to be forced. If he was playing mm-hmm. this in a normal, in a normal sort of you know uh, fixtured week, he, he would probably play his strongest team. But he's, he's had, he has he is going to have to think about who he, who he can rest and who he can't. They're going to monitor probably the players' fitness in training. You know, look look at, as I said before about Alan. You know, he's pulled up with a hammy. You know, muscular injuries are going to happen in this period, aren't they? Because you know, they're playing so many games in a short short space of time. Um, so his hand might be forced there, but. Sheffield United will be an interesting one because, like, like Tom said, I agree. I thought we, that was one of our best away performances when we played them last season. And that's when we weren't playing great either. It was after lockdown, wasn't it, I think? Yeah. Um, where um, That's where they sort of nosedived weirdly because weirdly, they were having a great season, weren't they? And they sort of plummeted um, since that. So the fans being there probably lifts them a lot. You know, you know, Bramall Lane, renowned for being quite, quite a vocal crowd and things like that. I think they've missed it. One of the teams that have missed that more than anything. Um but yeah, I do fancy us to go there. Um, a bit like Arsenal, they've struggled to score goals, they've struggled to create, they've thrown a lot of money at Brewster. He's obviously not showing anything for him. Uh, classic Liverpool there, and it getting loads of money for a centre forward that might score about three goals. Um, but no, I, I just think I think we should have too much for them. We should have too much for them in that game. Um, again, like I was saying before, we, it's a sort of game where we probably do need to sort of let the shackles off a little bit and and, and take it to him because. You know, like United did when they went there the other day. United went a goal down, but then had a go at them and scored, you know, two or three, didn't they, quite easily. So I do think um I do think we should have too much for them, really. Um it's not a bad fixture to have, 
you know, straight after a cup final and the fact that, you know, we're playing against a team that, look, up until yesterday, they had one point from 13 games. Um, so we should we should have we should have too much for them. Um, but then going into the city game, he's got to think about that as well, isn't he? Because we've got them a few days later, like you said. Yeah. Prediction, Lee, score. Um, as I said, I think you know, provided we put half decent team out, I think we should have too much for him. And I can see his, uh, I can see his winning that two nil. I can see his definitely getting a clean sheet, definitely. Pete, I'm going big four. Four nil. <laughs> four nil. Four uh, four goals for for Ben Godfrey. Balls from distance. Tom, uh, I'll go two nil and a hammers Rodriguez free kick. Delightful. Nice nice little boxing day present. That I'm I'm going to jump in with a three one. I think we look in seed. Um, <laughs> but I think I think we'll have we'll have too much. I think we'll have too much. It's Yarson, Calvert Lewin, and Gilfie Sigurdsson for me. Uh, with his first. Yeah. Michael Keith, yard, mate. Well, yeah, he was close. What, what, what a strike that was. What a swinger. It's like, it's like playing me, uh, me playing golf. That was. <laughs> Just swinging it, see, seeing what happens. Pulled it <laughs> that was like one of the strikes up from 30 yards. Pete, Pete would throw one of them in coming out from the back occasion, wouldn't you, Pete? I would, but mine go in. Mine go in the top bin. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I know the, the third, third goal scorer, Gilfie Sigurdsson, his first free kick he'll ever score for Everton. I know he scored against Blackpool in a friendly, but in a competitive game, Gilfie Sigurdsson, I'm going for. Uh, let's hope so anyway. You know, let, let's let's finish off the festive period with a with a winning and and keep us at the, at the top, the top end of the table. Um, but that's us. That's us for this week. You know, Tom, appreciate you coming coming on tonight, mate. Appreciate the uh, the time you spent talking. Be it been a really enjoyable show. Oh, cheers, cheers, lads, for having me back on. Yeah, been great. And any time, yeah. Have a have a great Christmas, uh, as as best you can anyway in in the current circumstances. Yeah, used to, used to. Hopefully, hopefully it's not too soon until we're back at Goodison. That's it. We 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 can't wait for the day. And Pete say Pete in Pete in for Man City. So plenty of updates from the ground when Pete's in. He'll be in the top balcony. Are you in the top balcony, Peter? You got Gladys Street? I don't know yet. Oh, hey, eh? the lottery. The lottery. Yeah. You'd be the top you balcony. Got, you. you haven't got a Bill's uh, seat, have you? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't give it to you. You're joking, aren't you? <laughs> Absolutely joking. But uh, no, listen, we can't wait to get back in. You know, the, the, the sooner that day comes, the better when we get 40,000 back in Gunston Park to see, obviously. This signing and and Carlo Ancelotti back on the on the sideline. Uh, we look forward to that. But to everyone who's listening, and enjoy your Christmas as best you can. Please look after each other, look after yourself. You know, hopefully better days are to come. Keep supporting the Blues, obviously, and and thanks for all your support in the over the last the uh, the last twelve months or so. We we appreciate it. Uh, the hampers went out this week to the to the veterans as well, which was which was great to see, you know, and that couldn't have been done. We've said it already over the last few weeks without people's generosity, and they were really really well received. So plans are already in place for for next year, what we can do to to top to top that. So again, thanks for listening. Enjoy enjoy the week watching the Blues, and we'll be back between Christmas and New Year for a bit of a bit of a special to look back on on a busy week and and look ahead to to another busy week. So we'll catch you there.
The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.